0: Welcome everybody to Dead Talk Live. I'm your host, Viz. I want to welcome all of our viewers. Thank you for tuning in. If you're tuning in for the first time and want more information about our show, please visit us on the web at deadtalklive.com. And I got to give you guys a little disclaimer. I got my second COVID shot today. And uh, here in the United States, uh, the Pfizer vaccine is what is exclusively pretty much being given out which means you got to take two doses. And uh, it's been out now for a while, and the chances are very high that after the second dose, you are 95% likely to experience symptoms. And uh, I got the shot earlier today, late this morning, so it's been a good uh, over 10 hours now, and uh, yeah, I'm not in that 5%. I was hoping to be in that 5%, but I'm not. It hits you, like, just out of the blue. You start feeling fatigue, and then very soon after, body aches. Basically, all the symptoms of a low-grade fever. And it's supposed to last 24 to 36 hours. So, you know what I'm going to do? After I am done with today's show, I am going to park my ass on the couch... And I'm going to do some serious binge-watching. Today, Netflix released Season 3 of Haunted. That's the show that I talked about a couple of weeks ago where uh, people gather up with a few of their friends and loved ones uh, in this, like, it's a studio, but it's built like a living room. And one person gets to reveal... Uh, their story, their ghost story uh, to their friends and family, some for the first time. Some have never heard what's been what they have been living with for a very long time. And I love that show. Uh, two seasons are already available on Netflix. The third one was released today. And there is also a season of Haunted Latin America, which is also amazing same format, uh, except it's it's in Spanish. So, it's all subtitled, which I have no problems with. But that is what I'm going to be uh, doing uh, tonight. Khaleesi says, you sound like you don't feel good. Yeah, it was a challenge getting in front of the camera tonight. But you know what they say, the show must go on. I will, uh, obviously I started the show. We'll see how far I can go. Try to make it through a semi full episode tonight. It is Friday after all. Uh, the weekend is coming up. I don't have to worry about a show until Monday again. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. So, thank you guys for tuning in tonight. Want to welcome some of our viewers. Uh, Saz is with us. Saz was getting uh, new internet speeds as of yesterday. So, Saz, are you, you know, blazing up the trail with your new internet over there in the UK? Want to welcome Tina Wilds, of course, Khaleesi, Cece Weezy is uh, joining us. Lisa is also with us on Facebook. Lindsay Sparks is also with us. Welcome to you guys. Saz says, yep, so far so good. Great. That's awesome. On the Instagram side, we have Ruth, who's just joined us, T i u v Uh, Carlos is with us. Zubir, Jana, welcome to all you guys on Instagram. Thank you for tuning in. Lindsay writes, I got my first shot and getting my second shot in August. Wow. That's a long ways. That's a, that's, they're really far apart. It's supposed to be three weeks. Are you getting a different shot from the Pfizer one? The Pfizer one you have to wait at least three weeks. And it's not recommended to wait much longer after the three weeks have passed. But having to wait till August? What kind of uh which shot are you getting, Lindsay? Lisa writes, Oh wow, got mine two to three weeks after the first. Yeah, me too. The three week mark for me was yesterday. And I got mine today, so twenty two days is what happened. Is my time period. Uh, Lisa writes, had both of my shots. Awesome. So, I mean, that's the good thing. Yeah, you gotta suffer through a day of misery after the second shot. Uh, but at least you can say that you are fully vaccinated. Now, how far that goes, uh, I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with the news. But India is in a huge state of crisis right now. Over 400,000 people per day, uh, cases of COVID are being reported each and every day. And now there are reports of people that have gotten fully vaccinated that are getting COVID over at India. So there's a new variant in India and it's spreading like wildfire. So that's not good news. That's not good news. This thing has been mutating left and right. And the last thing we need is uh, for a variant to come along to where the current vaccines that we have are completely useless and for this variant to completely take over and put us back to square one. When we are kind of close to maybe seeing the light at the end of the tunnel through this very long pandemic uh it would really suck if a mutation comes along that is completely immune to the vaccine that came out super quick uh let's see colette writes uh uh, (laughs) colette writes the indiana variant is here in the uk I think you mean the India. I don't think you mean Indiana. I don't think Indi- I don't think the state of Indiana has its own uh, variant claim to fame yet. so I think you mean India, but yeah, that sucks. that it is in the UK, and there have been some reports of that variant here in the United States. I know Seattle uh, in Washington state has had a report. Zoe on Twitter writes fully vaccinated and well worth the one day of misery. Uh, Collette also writes, especially near me in the north. Lindsay writes, my first shot in April sometime, and I have to wait until August, about a four-month period, I got the Pfizer. Why? That is it just a shortage? Because it's three weeks. If you're getting the Pfizer shot, Doesn't make any sense that you gotta wait that long unless uh, I know Lindsay you're up in Canada and unless there's a shortage of the Pfizer vaccine up in Canada that that uh, that seems a little odd. Colette writes my useless spelling, Colette. That was that was actually very funny. Colette, uh, you know, Colette said the Indiana variant has reached the UK, so all you people out in Indiana. I know our Summer Springer, who's not with us tonight, is from Indiana. And poor Summer, uh, before the vaccine ever came out, she got COVID twice. I mean, damn. I mean, getting that thing twice, that sucks. She's a school teacher. So, yeah, you know, if you want to find the perfect breeding ground for germs, bacteria, and viruses, just visit a school. Uh, We would, me and my wife would rarely get sick. Then we had children and once they started going to school and they started bringing home all those germs and, you know, whatever, we were sick all the time. Yeah. School is like the perfect breeding ground for all sorts of germs and bacteria and some nasty ass shit like that. Um... Lindsay writes, that is the date they gave me uh, in August. That is pretty bizarre. Lisa writes, those Hoosiers got to come up with their own. That's right. Indiana, the good old Hoosier state. Uh, Colette writes, my daughter has uh, had COVID, sailed through it, had the Pfizer, and was really ill. You see, it, some people, it all depends Unfortunately, so many people have passed away from this horrible disease. Other people have it. They're non-symptomatic. But like Colette, you can go and get the vaccine and get a low-grade fever and all the other great symptoms that I'm currently experiencing. So, it's a toss-up. So, let's see. I'm just looking over on Instagram. Welcome to Ruth. Uh, let's see. Ruth says, well, we aren't allowed to go out on weekends. All non-essential stores are closed on weekends. Yeah. Yeah. This, uh, this thing is far from over. Like I've said, India is experiencing horrible numbers. And it's a country of well over 1 billion people. Uh, Lindsay writes, I work with the public so I am uh, concerned, A I fr- considered a frontline worker. Man, yeah, I just don't understand, Lindsay, why uh, as a frontline worker, you know, you have to wait that long to get the second shot. My wife is a healthcare worker. She works in the hospital and she got the vaccine way back in January. When it first came out, she was one of the first ones to get it. And, uh, yeah, she had the same symptoms that I'm experiencing right now after the second shot. And all you get is this card, you know? I stuck it in my wallet in case uh, it becomes mandatory for you to show it if you want to go to certain places. And it's just a card that says you got shot one on this date and you got shot two on this date. So... I just stuck it in my wallet. If I ever need it, it's right there. Uh, Colette writes, uh, even care workers have to wait 12 weeks here in the United Kingdom. Wow. Uh, So anyway, guys, let's uh, let's do a little bit of news. Try to get through this. This is hysterical. How many of you guys actually seen uh, the very good and funny movie from a while ago, Bring It On? with uh, Kirsten Dunst, who, of course, played Claudia in Interview with a Vampire. She was a young girl at that time. She did Bring It On as a teenager. Uh, I love this movie. You know, uh, the spirit stick, uh, spirit fingers. Such a funny movie. Uh, This is a classic. This is going to go down as a classic movie. I love this movie. And it's just Those kind of movies where when you're feeling the way I'm feeling, you could just sit back and just watch it and just have the same enjoyment as you had when you first watched it. But anyway, they are turning Bring It On into a horror movie. Okay. I mean, that's a real spin on that one. I mean, Bring It On can not be further from a horror movie, but sci-fi is going to reboot it into a horror franchise. Maybe those spirit fingers, you know, I could see little spirit fingers amputated from someone's hands and causing all sorts of havoc on the living. But let's read what this is about. The beloved Bring It On franchise is getting a spooky spinoff. On Thursday, Sci-Fi announced the production of Bring It On Halloween, a horror installment to the cheerleading movie series as part of its 2021-2022 slate. So it's going to be not a horror movie. It's going to be a TV show held down by restrictive rules and embattled cheerleading squad. Seeks the freedom of a creepy closed school gym to practice for regionals, but when members of the squad start to disappear, the cheerleaders must unmask their assailant to save themselves. It's a who-done-it. The movie synopsis reads: This is the cheerle- cheerleading franchise's seventh installment. Produced by Universal 1440 Entertainment. So, bring it on. The original was written by Jessica Bendinger and directed by Peyton Reed. Was released in 2000. Wow, it's been 21 years already. And starred, of of course, uh, Kirsten Dunst, Gabrielle Union, Eliza Dushku, and Jesse Bradford. The movie follows two rival high school cheer squads gearing up to compete in the national cheerleading competition. However, the Rancho Carne High School Toros' new captain, Torrance, played by Dunst, finds out that their team's five-year winning routines were stolen from the Clovers, a hip-hop cheerleading... I can't say the word cheerleading tonight cheerleading team from East Compton, Los Angeles. The teen movie became a hit and grossed over ninety million dollars at the box office. Donst, Union, Reed and Bendinger celebrated the cheerleading classic 20th anniversary last year with a virtual reunion. With bring it on uh sorry, with the Bring It On stars discussing the impact the movie had in a potential sequel. The impact 20 years later that this movie had and continues to have, that's awesome, uh, Union gushed. So whatever uh, we may one day come up with, I mean, Kirsten, maybe we're like co-heads of the PTA. I don't know. Or we run a cheer school like Cheer. Dunst suggested Re uh, referencing the Netflix documentary about Navarro's college championship winning cheerleading team, who knows? The cheerleading company uh, comedy became an instant classic and saw five subsequent films released, released afterward, including Bring It On Again, 2004, Bring It On All or Nothing, 2006. And the latest installment, Bring It On, Worldwide, Hashtag, Cheersmack, 2017. Halloween, Bring It On, is set to release on non-theatrical platforms in 2022. So there you guys have it. And I have to admit, I have not seen any of the sequels. And from what I heard... Uh, I'm not really missing anything. It doesn't even come close to comparing to the original. Uh, Khaleesi writes, I did love the Clovers. They they were badass. I love those uh, cheerleaders. Uh, so let's keep going. Now, The Walking Dead star John Bernthal, who played Shane, explains why he stopped watching the show. And there was another interesting comment that I read from John last week where he says uh, him dying off the show was one of the best things that could have happened to him. His career really blossomed after he left The Walking Dead and he went on to do some pretty amazing things. He goes on to say that show is and will always be sort of the center of my heart. The Walking Dead star John Bernthal has been talking about why he no longer watches the show. Bernthal's character, Shane Walsh, was the work partner and best friend of Rick Grimes. However, Shane was killed off in the penultimate episode of the second season. Speaking to Jake's takes, Bernthal explained that upon leaving The Walking Dead, he got really, really busy, adding that he has three kids and started working a lot more. Although he's no longer a series regular, Bernthal made it clear that he is still close to the cast and crew of the show, and we all know that he came back for Rick Grimes' final episode. And there were rumors that he might even be in the Rick Grimes movies as a flashback. Bernthal said, I'll tell you, the, that show is and will always be sort of the center of my heart. I love that character, but more importantly, I love the people that made that show. I love that crew down in Georgia. They're all family to me. Norman Reedus, Stephen Yeun, Sarah Wayne Callies, who played Laurie, Andy Lincoln, Jeff Damon, who played Dale, Melissa McBride. It just goes on and on and on. These people, it was a really beautiful group of people who were really all after something and did it with the spirit of collaboration and community. And it's really the best of what I think this whole filmmaking thing can be. Um, So I am enormously grateful for that show and I'm enormously grateful for the people that I got to make it with. After leaving The Walking Dead, Bernthal made two more guest appearances on the show. In Season 3, Episode 8, Made to Suffer, that is the episode where Oscar gets shot. Uh, The way they bring Shane back into that episode, is uh, Rick and the gang are in a shootout at Woodbury with the governor's people trying to rescue Glenn and Maggie, and Rick froze as one of the governor's people were, was approaching him. Rick hallucinated that that person was Shane. You can argue that Rick's hesitation uh, led to Oscar being shot and killed, Oscar, of course, played by Vincent Ward. So Rick mistook somebody else for Shane during a hallucination, while in Season 9, Episode 5, Rick's last episode, he had a vision of Shane while Rick was seriously injured. I think, you know, Shane is just one of those characters on The Walking Dead yeah, he was only on it for two seasons, but it was the first two seasons, so he will always be near and dear to every Walking Dead fan's heart, no matter how much time, how many spin-offs come and go, Shane Walsh is part of the OG. He is part of the original gang. Uh, Lindsay Wrights loved him in the Punisher TV series. It was so good. Zoe also writes, I love Shane. I mean, how can you not love Shane's arc? Uh, From Cop, uh, who loved Rick Grimes, and I do believe up until he was trying to kill him, he really did love him, but he saw Rick Grimes as an obstacle to what he wanted. He wanted Rick's family, and Rick was standing in the way. So, when... You know, that look on Shane's face, I know I've mentioned this so many times, when uh, Rick shows up, you know, and Shane finds out that he's alive, initially it's a look of, wow, my best friend's alive, and then when Rick and Lori hug and Lori shoots him that look, he's like, oh, damn, you know, damn, gotta love Shane. New Amazon horror movie is terrifying viewers senseless. I love these kind of headlines. Let's uh, see if we have a trailer here to watch. Nope, video is not available. It says it expired. Let's see what happens if we refresh. Let's see if we can watch this. Oh, we got an ad. Of course, you got to love these ads that you can't skip through. Let's get, let's start reading the article before we uh before this clip starts. A new movie on Amazon is making viewers sleep with the lights on. Saint Maud. Okay. Now Saint Maud has been out for a while and I've talked about it plenty. It was only available on uh Epics. So I want you guys to watch this trailer if you Still have not. If the past year has taught us anything, it's how to watch copious amounts of TV at a time. And I'm keeping my binge-watching skills honed, honey, with some of the best shows streaming right now. So let's plan your next binge-watch. I'm Anna Rumor, and this is Pop Culture Social Call. Let's get a little saucy right off the bat, with Bridget. Nope, no, it's not a St. Maude trailer, which is what I wanted to show you guys. I've talked about this enough. Uh, It is now available on Amazon Prime. I also do believe that it's available on Hulu as well. So if you have any of those two subscription services, uh, I know Hulu offers a free trial period. Uh, If you've been thinking about trying out Hulu, it is worth just to try out Hulu. If for nothing else, they they have some great movies on Hulu, but if for nothing else just to get to watch uh, St. Maud if you don't have the Epics channel available to you in any other way. It's definitely worth it. So, The Walking Dead star, J.D. Morgan, wants to play Batman. Everybody knows I'm available. Now, J.D., I love you. Jeffrey, you're amazing. But unless it's like Batman, you know, uh, a Batman title like Batman retirement, I don't see it happening, man. I really don't. <laughs> you know, Batman on Social Security, Batman retired. Uh, the Batman after the Batman dies. I don't. I mean, I mean, do we really want to see the life of Bruce Wayne after he no longer can be the Batman? Well, let's see what J.D. Morgan has to say about it and how he sees himself portraying Batman. And I love, like I said, I love J.D. He's one of my favorite actors. The Walking Dead star Jeffrey Dean Morgan has said he would love to play Batman. The actor who plays antagonist Negan in the AMC show spoke to Cinepop about his potential interest in playing Batman one day. Morgan played Thomas Wayne in Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice, yes he did, along with Lauren Cohen, and has been rumored to reprise his role in The Flash based on the Flashpoint story from the comics. The Flashpoint story deals with an alternate universe in which Bruce Wayne dies and his parents become Batman and the Joker instead. Ha <laughs> ha Alright, okay, I see where they're going with this. At the top of my list has always been Batman. That's always been my favorite superhero, Morgan said. Talking about Flashpoint has been very fun. I get asked about it a lot. I love the story of Flashpoint Batman. Who knows? Who knows with DC? Who knows with how these franchises work? I suppose I probably have, like, another two, three-year window. Then I'm going to be too old. (laughs) There's no way. Uh, He added, so, look, I'm available. Everybody knows I'm available. I say I'm available. I've been saying it for five years. We'll see what happens. There's so many superheroes. Regarding his forthcoming projects, As his commitment to The Walking Dead will end in 2022. That's when the show comes to an end. Morgan added, I have something maybe cooking and I'll let you know soon if that turns out to be. But I love the world of comic books and hope that I get to stay playing in this world for a long time. So, do you guys see J.D. Morgan, our beloved Negan, you know, as the caped crusader? in an alternate universe. Uh, Lisa writes, JDM better get that Grecian formula out. <laughs> uh, Colette also writes, my daughter is good with prosthetics. She's available too. <laughs> Colette also writes, Batman versus Lucille. Oh my God. Let's see. Uh, just looking over, uh, Instagram, people asking about Rick Grimes. Oh, okay. I have stopped answering questions about Rick Grimes a long, long time ago. Let's see what else we have for you. When a ghost is not a ghost. Hauntings in horror literature. When is a ghost not a ghost? Hauntings in horror literature was originally published in a horror newsletter, The Fright Stuff. So let's talk about haunted house books. So, we're not going to go into this. This seems like a pretty long article. If you guys want to find out, it's about a series of books. I guess they explain how a ghost cannot be a ghost or maybe what the uh, criteria is to actually be considered a ghost. I think it's pretty simple. If you're dead and your spirit and your consciousness comes back, you're a ghost. Not much more to it than that. 10 pint-sized horror movie monsters that still give us the creeps. So let's see. Number 10, Dolly Dearest. Okay, I have never heard of this, but that is a creepy-looking doll right there. Clover Parasites, Cloverfield. Number 8, Billy from Dead Silence. That was a good movie. Uh, Number 7, The Dolls. From the movie Dolls. Number six. Big Bob. From the movie Arachnophobia. How many of you guys have seen Arachnophobia? It was actually pretty good. Uh, Number five. Scarabs. The Mummy. Number four. Grey Widowers. Grey Widowers. In the movie The Mist. Uh, That's the same Mist movie that had a whole bunch of... Actors that came onto The Walking Dead. The Mist came out in 2007 or 2008. It was done by Frank Darabont. And he brought over a whole bunch of those characters onto The Walking Dead. Because he is the one responsible for bringing The Walking Dead to TV. Number three, Annabelle, The Conjuring franchise. Number two, Chucky. Uh, you know, Chucky... You know, compared to Annabelle... Now, take a look at Annabelle right here. Now, take a look at Chucky. Now, I know there's a big, you know, 25-year, 30-year separation between the two. But Chucky, you know, from the good guy's dolls, was not really a very menacing, just-looking-at-him type of a doll. When he starts getting these facial expressions... Like we see in this picture, yeah, that will creep anybody out. But Annabelle can be doing absolutely nothing. Just sitting there in her glass case or on a chair looking the other way. And she is way scarier. Now, the real life Annabelle looks like Raggedy Raggedy Ann. It is supposedly haunted, but if you see it, it looks like a harmless doll that you just want to pick up and give a big hug to. And the number one is the face hugger, alien. Of course, the alien, before uh, they implant their eggs inside human chests that pop out during dinner time, ruin everybody's meal, and grow on to grow to become big aliens that like to kill people. So, Collette writes that Annabelle is better. Lisa, The Mist was an excellent movie. It really was. Uh, The Dijin is emotional horror with a great lead and pacing issues. Uh, Let's see. Many people have a desire they would risk anything for. Similar to Dylan Jacobs of the young protagonist in IFC Midnight's new horror flick, The Dijin. Feeling like a demonic crossover between Pinocchio and Home Alone, the Dijin's simplistic setup and eerie atmosphere work for a while, but by the end, it feels like this 81-minute film could have been told in less than a half hour. The Dijin is the sophomore feature of up-and-coming horror filmmakers David Charbonnier and Justin Powell. And while it isn't the home run they may have hoped for, the subtle shocker showcases two directors at the beginning of a very promising career. The Dijin sees Ezra Dewey leading a minimal cast as Dylan, a mute boy who experiences a tragic loss before moving into a new apartment with his dad. After his father goes to work, Dylan finds an old book that explains how to summon a Dijin, a demonic genie of sorts. Although the book comes equipped with warnings about summoning the Dijin, Dylan does so anyways. What ensues is a night of terror as Dylan tries to stop the Dijin from taking his soul. Uh, The overall idea of the Dijin has been done to death, a person trapped alone for a night with a demon that, would, that will utterly destroy them. However, Charbonnier and Powell provide enough tweaks to a standard horror, horror tale to keep it relevant. While the main point of the movie is Dylan trying to outwit the demon, the film is not just an emotionless jump-scare fest. It actually provides some plot points, and make it stand out amongst other films with a similar premise. Uh, It sounds like my kind of movie, so regardless of what they say, I'm going to watch this thing as soon as I can. Uh, For instance, Dylan being mute provides an extra layer to the story, as well as Dewey's performance. The audience also sympathizes with Dylan for making his wish, and they want him to make it, out alive in the end. I'm willing to bet that his wish is to bring his mom back. Just taking a wild stab at it here. Uh, another character in a different film like this could just feel like a catalyst to kickstart the horror, but this is Dylan's story, and he is a fully realized character who keeps the movie engaging. It's also impressive for a horror film to have most of its dialogue be told through sign language. On top of being well written, Dewey's captivating realistic performance adds a lot of necessary depth to Dylan's character. It is difficult to stand out in a role where you have no speaking lines, but Dewey carries this film and brilliantly conveys complex emotions. Filled with subtle nuances, Dewey's performance is just as effective as it would have been if he spoke. The young actor is so expressive with his physicality, and he successfully pulls off the tricky feat of holding down an entire movie by himself. Uh, Lindsay says, Sorry, Lindsay has a question. Uh, Have I seen Van Helsing? Is it a TV series? Is it on Netflix? Uh, actually... I can't help you with... Uh, Van Helsing, I believe, is a TV series. I have not watched it, and I do not know if it's available on Netflix. Uh, it's one of those things that I've been meaning to watch, just haven't gotten around to it yet. So, sorry, but I, I don't quite know. Uh... With that said, the Dejen simplistic setup bogs it down, even though the film works well with what it's given in the first 30 minutes, the story is set up effectively, but in the middle it feels redundant. There's a slight twist at the end that makes it worthwhile, but the second half is just a frightening Dylan running around his apartment while a jump scare occurs every so often. Dewey's performance is great, but when the script only gives him so much to do, the job of making the film fully entertaining is out of his hands. I'm going to watch it. It sounds interesting enough to take my attention. So, taking a look at the time. 10 classic horror movies that don't have a happy ending. Now, how many horror movies actually do have a, ha- a happy ending? I mean, Really? Uh, Let's see what their list is. Carrie sees the titular character's life completely collapse. Night of the Living Dead had a devastating conclusion. That's true. Can't argue with that one. Number eight, Soylent Green was so terrifying that people can't stop quoting it. Number seven, Psycho doesn't have a happy ending for anybody. Alright, number six, it follows we'll never see an end to the torment. Number five, Midsommar claims all of its victims in the end. That's, well, yeah, I guess. American Psycho will not allow Patrick Bateman's terror to stop. That's, a, that's actually true. For those of you who have watched American Psycho with Christian Bale, uh, it's a movie from the early 2000s, the ending is going to leave you the way it's meant to, questioning a lot of things. So I can totally see where their point is on that. Number three, the Blair Witch Project didn't let any of its main characters out alive. I think if they would have done that, it would have ruined the movie. I think all three of them had to face the wrath of the, of the witch in the woods. The Blair Witch. Number two, Ginger Snaps is a bleak reflection on the violence of puberty. Okay. Number one, the cabin in the woods saw the end of human life on Earth or at least the very beginning of the end of human life on Earth. Cabin is uh, cabin in the Woods is definitely a cult classic. So, uh, Michael B. Jordan, who I'm a big fan of, wants to make a horror movie with Jordan Pele. For some reason, starring in a horror movie tends to be one of the many boxes that needs to be checked off as a rising talent making their way up the Hollywood ladder. But Michael B. Jordan hasn't ventured into the genre as of yet. He's done drama, sci-fi, action, thriller, comedy, superhero, and literary adaptations, but something scary hasn't quite fallen into his lap. Looking at his schedule, it probably won't be happening for a long time either. With, with the actor just uh, coming off Amazon Tom Clancy's film Without Remorse, which is really good, uh, he's currently shooting Denzel Washington's next directorial effort, called A Journal for Jordan, before he steps behind the camera himself for the first time to helm the spin-off sequel of Creed Three. Now Michael B. Jordan is. The actor who plays uh, Creed in the first and second Creed movies, which is a continuation of the Rocky storyline, I think they're, I think it's a great continuation of uh, the Rocky franchise. When they decided to bring in Apollo Creed's son and his rise up the uh, the boxing, you know, Hall of Fame or whatever you want to call it, to become the champion. Uh, I did not know that he was going to be directing the, the next sequel and I'm sure, of course, he's going to be starring in it as the movie is named after his character, Creed. However, despite admitting that he's not made uh, of the strongest stuff when it comes to sitting through horror, the 34-year-old revealed that he'd love to collaborate with Jordan Pelle one day. Maybe me and Jordan Pelle, something like that. He's been doing a great job. It's like me, personally, scary movies, horror movies. I just get scared. But if I had an opportunity to actually make a horror film, it'll probably knock a little bit of the edge off. I can probably sit through them. I'm sorry. He says I can probably sit through them. I'm a real scaredy cat. I never would have guessed him as somebody who's afraid to watch horror. Based on the critical and commercial acclaim that greeted Get Out and Us, everybody would jump at the chance to work with Pele these days as he continues to cement himself as one of the industry's most exciting and original filmmakers. The Academy Award winner is currently gearing up to shoot his mysterious next feature, with recent Oscar nominee Stephen Yen, who was Glenn on The Walking Dead, and winner Danielle Kaluuya, which hasn't even revealed its title, premise, or even genre yet, but is still tentatively penciled to hit theaters next July. After that, there's no reason why Michael D. Jordan and Jordan Pelle couldn't find something to work on together, but given their schedules, it could be a problem, trying to find an extended period of time where they're both are available and to shoot a horror flick it doesn't take that long uh i mean how many guests have we've had on this show who have done horror movies in about two to three weeks time so if they really both want to work together they will find a way to do it anyway guys i think i'm done for the night <laughs> Uh stick a fork in me i am done I apologize. uh, But I hope I thank you so much for tuning in. I'm going to go park my ass on that couch and start my uh, weekend of binge watching while I fight off the symptoms from the second COVID vaccine. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. This week, we have two special guests uh, appearing on our show next week. Please go to our website deadtalklive.com to see who our upcoming guests are and a whole bunch more we stream monday through friday simultaneously to youtube instagram facebook twitch and twitter thank you so much for tuning in i want everybody to have a great weekend stay safe and get vaccinated you know yeah you might Feel miserable for 24 hours after the COVID second vaccine from Pfizer, but it's worth it. You know, if you have a chance, go out there, get vaccinated. Let's kick this COVID thing in the in the ass and get rid of it. Till Monday, guys, stay safe and stay walking. Good night.